To my brother and Pod, the sun is set and the battlefield is calm. I caught sight of the Southerners earlier, but they have retreated to their camp. There is a calmness that always comes before the carnage. I hope to see you on the other side. Yours and Pod. Dearest Daniel, our hopes for the glories of the future have suffered a setback on the fields of breeze. The night is dark like our hopes, but in the distance I spied the rosy-fingered dawn, spreading hope for future marches led by courageous General Shore. Keith, I regret that my reply has been delayed. The events of last night have left me shaken. The lone strike to our lines was followed by a turgid battle that leaves us in a precarious position. Yet today is a new dawn, to which I say, hashtag, up the goes. Welcome back to this, our second episode of the Forwards Backwards pod. Dan, have we decided uh, apostrophe or no? Apostrophe. Okay, we're going apostrophe. All apostrophe all the time. It is also our inaugural podcast after our first loss. (laughs) It had to happen sometime. Uh, You know, I was hoping maybe next year. But th- this is what happens. So we, we move on. We move yeah, on. We move forward. So we are going to recap our match, uh, which was a turgid affair. And we will use turgid as many times as we can in this afternoon's podcast. It was but, a but, tactical battle. Indeed. Indeed. Very tight. Uh, and so we'll, we'll get to that. Before we get to that, Dan, uh, we got a lot of compliments on our first uh, podcast. Um, we did. We the did. one negative review I got was from my mother, <laughs> who said, uh, you sound like two guys talking in a bar. And she did not mean that as a compliment. Well, the, the uh, <laughs> okay, that's a good, I, I, well, I take that as a compliment. Um, yeah, I was getting a lot of positive feedback at, uh, at Working Draft before the match the other night. And then I walked over to uh, the illustrious Peter Wilt and I said, hey, Peter, did you hear the podcast? He said, yeah, I did. Five out of ten. And I said, well, thanks, Peter, for bringing that right back down to earth. So, um, but there's something I want to talk about. You called him the Willy Wonka of uh, American professional soccer last week. I, I don't know. I'm thinking more of the Che Guevara. I, he's much more of an active kind of uh, guy. He's not like sitting in a, in a, in a in house, a glass like tower. inviting people over with weird tickets to like learn about soccer. I mean, he's like, he kind of like lays in wait. You never know where he's going to be. Green he, Bay, he, he is, Des Moines. He has started multiple revolutions, yes. I think. I think he, he smokes cigars, too. Did he, did he ever go on a long motorcycle journey through Central and South America? Which we could maybe option out the film rights I would to. say the odds are pretty high. Yeah, Peter's we're going to have to talk about doing the film version. Uh, who should we get to play a young Peter Wilt? Okay. That's a that's Well, a question. until we talk to Peter, I think we should just start referring him to the che, as the Che Guevara, che Guevara. of American yeah, soccer. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the capitalist forces that be that rule American soccer will enjoy that. Uh, the big question is, Dan, what did we learn from our previous podcast? That it's pretty easy to do a podcast when you have good producers like Hannah over here. Um, that would be one. Two, I'd say when you start off your podcast by talking about being anti-fascism and then you end it by talking about a book written by a guy whose other book is called My Struggle – you might want to like rethink uh, like how you present that information. So for all of you out there who are a little confused about that, my apologies. I don't think Karl of Nosgaard is a fascist, but you know that may have been a little confusing. You, you could have you could have jumped to that conclusion. You know, I when I saw you you wanted to do that as your book of the week, 
Uh, that's high degree of difficulty. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, I was looking at that and it's like, you know, maybe we should start with something. You want to start more, with Among the Thugs, just yeah. get right into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and a little more, you know, straightforward, yeah. not so many layers. I mean, as uh, the world's foremost authority on French literature and soccer, uh, I was going to go into a, a, a long path Jesus. down auto fiction, uh, Jean, Jean-Philippe Toussaint's m- analyses of mediatized uh, soccer images in his classic television. Decided the listeners not interested in that last week. I'm not interested. I've already stopped uh, yeah, listening. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was hoping for. So. <laughs> Uh, that's the big lesson I think we learned is don't go with complicated six volume referential uh, novelists True. for your your first True. book of the week segment. So that's also introduce the guests. Yes, we, I forgot. We, we did yeah. struggle a little last week with just like yeah. kind of like oh, and then there's this guy Neil sitting here. Yeah, and Neil, then Neil started talking. What's yeah. up? <laughs> yeah, Neil Hlavati, uh who uh, told us about his goal of the week last week. This week, he's going to tell us about the famous uh, producers, Darby in Poland, um, where Bialystok squares off against uh, Leopold Bloom FC. Correct. Uh, and uh, he'll be our guest, unfortunately, and we will cover this in yesterday in Forward Madison history later in the podcast. Our other guest is not going to be with us today. Uh, due to emergency uh, uh, appendectomy surgery, uh, if that's how uh, how it's put, we'll have to get Dr. Depeche Navasaria to confirm that. But um, Chris Fox, who is going to join us, Chris is a, a prominent member of the flock, also one of the creators of the Featherstone Flamingos, and just an all-around uh, kick-ass local Madison dude. Um, also wore it better in our... He did. Who he, wore it better? He wore photo. the rugby much better than Keith did in our I think photo. it looks great tucked into khakis, but, you know, what do I know? But we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Chris's... Uh, Oh my god! I forgot you tucked it into your pants. Uh, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, we'll talk a little bit about more Chris's very eventful day yesterday and then today. So uh, we'll get to that. But best wishes to Chris. Uh, also, a big milestone: the inaugural match in the flock end for producer Hannah. And uh, producer Hannah, of course, uh, lead singer of the official sad bitch music band of the pod, Labrador. And we'll have to get an update on their creative process for writing our theme song here shortly. But uh, Hannah, what did you think of your first match? Um, Well, it was most excellent. I feel like there are nine songs that I must learn now. There were more, but you showed up at halftime. So (laughs) glad you brought that up. (laughs) Hannah... (laughs) Uh, was a little late to the to our inaugural match. She assumed it was a nil nil draw at the end because she I hadn't thought, seen the goal. I'm running on a rock star time, okay, Keith. Uh, so. she, she assumed there was an opening act. <laughs> Shows never start on time. Yeah, Neil had to do his hair, so we figured he'd be a little little bit later. Facial hair, not hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Hannah, uh, you, it sounded like you were you were into it and you want to go back. And what was kind of the most appealing thing? Um, I'm definitely all in. Um, big fan of uh, crazy fashion in the flock. Yep. Uh, I have a I have a very distinctive plan. It involves uh, a series of pink jumpsuits, also blue fanny packs, because you gotta you, you gotta cinch the waist and coordinate. Your fanny pack with your jumpsuit. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And you uh, could also just use a belt and tuck your 
shirt into your pants. Like, you know, I thought, I thought about just go? wearing pleated khakis and. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Flat front, flat front, people. <laughs> I'm, I'm only so much of a dork. Do they I'm, have I'm the sorry ones for with the adjust- your delicate sensibilities? <laughs> You have the ones with the adjustable waists, like as you get larger, you can just like slowly make the pants go bigger. Thank you, Lanza. (laughs) That's not going to be a sponsor right there. But Hannah, will we see you at future matches? Um, Yes, I think you you will see me at all future matches. Um, I will be drinking uh, mini spotted cows. Uh, And also, I was really happy to see an actual cow at the match. I wasn't expecting that. It was a special treat. Leonella Bessie, which uh, every time somebody hears about the fact that we have a cow at our matches, uh, they go bonkers. Yeah, how how do people not lead with that? Like way to bury the headline <laughs> on on the flock. Like you have a cow. There's just so much good stuff going on. It's yeah. hard to know what to promote. I think. <laughs> yeah, indeed, uh, it was National Bowtie Day uh, mm-hmm. on Wednesday, and so we had ones. multiple members of the of the flock wearing bow ties. Uh, one of whom I think we're trying to get on as a guest. Yeah, is Mike, that- I think, is going to come on in a future week. I actually need to get that picture up of him and uh, De- Dr. Depeche Navasaria wearing their amazing bow ties. And they also warned people if, they, if people showed up with clip-ons, there was going to be problems. They, they were, would show We were going to have it. a West Side Story-esque <laughs> snapping of the fingers rumble. Yeah, they said they would actually show people how to tie their bow ties if they showed up at the match with them, which I thought was a very nice touch. So, Well, it's really... It, it takes a flock, I think, is really what we've decided. <laughs> that was your line, Dan. So I think we've procrastinated not long enough, and we're going to have to get to this recap of the Greenville Triumph. Uh, 1-0. They took points, uh, only the sort of second loss in a couple of months. Um, and really, when I was thinking about it, there's a famous book by a New Yorker writer, George Trow called In the Context of No Context. And uh, I thought of that match in the tactics of no tactics because there was about a brief four or five minute period uh, at the end of the first half where it all broke down. It all went uh, pear shaped, as they say across the pond, from our tactical perspective. And that's when. Everyone was at sixes and sevens. <laughs> they, they got their, their goal, and we had probably our best chance of the match. Yeah, and um, ask Neil to jump in here, but the goal, particularly, you know, looking back at it, felt a little, oh, it's like one of those ones you watch it back and you think there was just a series of like little individual mistakes. This isn't me like picking on people, um, but, you know, Don gets a shot off, ball spins up in the air. Maybe Carter, you know, couldn't understand, didn't judge the flight of the ball correctly, mm-hmm. didn't track back to, to try and challenge it. Ball gets played down the wing. Wyatt does fine, plays the ball out, but maybe could have just blasted it out onto Brearley since we were in a kind of a transition mode. And I would, you know, some of the central midfielders didn't get back. Uh, And then in the end, we still had two defenders on uh, Bermudez. Um, But I think Neil said before we got on here, you know, Jiro was working his way back. And uh, and we have someone outside the studio holding up a sign. Um, we're going NBC morning show style out here. I believe it's Jason Ilstrup of Downtown Madison Inc. supporting the pod. Um, he is. Re- it's the the sign says forwards backwards is the best Madison soccer podcast since Let Me Be Forward. Far superior to Behind the Feathers. Ooh. Hashtag deep dive with Neil. Hashtag yes. full mingo. Yes. Hashtag let Dan speak more. Wow, there's a lot of a lot of fighting words. Forward Madison logo hand drawn. 
Thank you, Jason. And, and Jason we will really want to will, be on the pod. We will welcome you to our studios, the Gimme Some Truth Studios, here on the corner of uh, Glenway and Monroe. Uh, Neil waving at people who, who have n- n- waved at Neil in the past. He's perhaps the most positive uh, denizen, uh, you know, most well-known denizen of this corner of the world. Uh, but well, to get, getting back to, yeah, getting getting back back to the, the crap goal that we... Uh, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, it was a crap goal, right, Neil? Yeah, it was, like you said, a series of unfortunate events and in games like that and in games like it's been lately... We give up one goal, and that's all it really is. Because if you look at the how the trend of the year has gone, we haven't lost any games by more than a goal. Um, I think we're the only team in the league to do that as well. Um, so we're in every game. And I'm now talking into the mic better, which is good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're in every game, and we give up one goal, and it's in these moments. Last f- how many games we got left? Five or six. Five. Yeah. Um, those kind of moments matter the most. Every game is is critical, and we got a huge one coming up uh, against Tormenta. I mean, it's a little it's cliche to say, oh, after two hundred and twenty minutes of scoreless football, is going to take a wonder goal. But even after all those mistakes, I mean, I was I was a peach of a goal. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there was some things gone wrong in defending it initially, but credit to them, they threw the ball in really quick. Yep. Guy makes a great pass through, and Bermudez puts it where probably the only spot that Brian Silvestri can't touch the ball. Yeah, I mean, and even if you watch that replay, he was close to saving that. I oh, mean, yeah. That, and he is a, a you know top-class shot stopper, and that was just a wonder finish. I mean, mm-hmm. couldn't, have, couldn't have done any better. I um, think he injured himself in the celebration. Bermudez, yeah. I yeah, believe he yeah. pulled his calf, and then they had to substitute him. Yeah, they, he played for Two minutes minute, into the minutes second into the, half. Yeah. Second, yeah. And then, of course, in that same little period, Madison mm-hmm. gets its best chance of the game. Uh, actually leading the charge out of the back uh, was Connor Tobin picking up a, a loose ball, getting it out of the 18, feeding it out, and it ends up at the feet of Josiel Nunez, which uh, I think is the place you want it if you're leading a, a counter. He plays a, a perfect ball to his left. Uh, great shot on goal, uh, and then it bounces back to Josiel, and he hits it right at their defender on the line, and it, it's, you know, just you don't get the breaks your way. Yeah, I mean, I think you can't fault Josiel there. He's put, trying to put it in the bottom corner, and the guy just happens to be standing there. Yeah, we did We did all the things right in the buildup. That's how, how fast we can break, and I think everyone's seen that all year, that we could make two passes and score a goal. Um and unfortunately, Polak was just sitting right on the line, and that's where Josiel put it. But that's just how that night went. It was frustrating for, for the players, frustrating for the fans, I'm sure. And we just got to look forward to getting it right against Tormenta. Yeah, I don't think they, – did they have any corner kicks? One? I think they might have had one. They definitely had didn't have one in the first half. I yeah, know that. Yeah, definitely not in the first half. And then I think maybe one in the second half. We probably had seven or eight. Um, you know, there were, there were parts of that match that we were – actually controlling the match i thought mm-hmm. and created enough chances to win but yeah just didn't get the the rub of the green in the end and um well and and so when you get into at least i do when i see a team that's that effective defensively uh, i watched that first half looking at what greenville was doing so well because one of the stats i heard is though he's got all of these green you know clean sheets dallas Che has only made 34 saves all year long I mean, that's just tremendous. I think they've given up something like uh, 14 goals all year long. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I really noticed is uh, nominally you could probably say they played a 4-1-1, maybe shifting to a 4-4-2 when in the attack. But they're, they're, 
their front two really did a good job of working on the defensive end in a very organized way. Uh, I think it's uh, Keegan and... Uh, Donnelly. Uh, Donnelly, yeah, thank you. Who's a new uh, signing for them, right? Yeah, off of Tormenta, too, actually. Okay. And they did a great job of one pressuring the ball and the other one cutting off supply to Eric Leonard and putting a guy there. And I thought they did that very effectively, and that slowed up our buildup play a little bit. Uh, and you saw a little bit more of guys hitting into, you know, Don, JC, Josie Allen having to kind of bypass uh eric in in the build-up yeah they i mean every game they have eight guys committed to get behind the ball and then keegan and donnelly were extremely active defending up front which made it hard in the early stages of the game for us to to play the kind of football we wanted to play um we couldn't really build through eric so that was a frustrating period um and at the same time they're just committed to playing very direct winning second balls and credit to them their formula is working and we just need to figure out ways to to move the ball faster more efficiently um and not get as frustrated in those moments and I think we did have a lot of good moments we just need to to see a bit more of them so uh anything else that you want you noticed in that that match uh Wednesday night I mean I think Eric Leonard even though he was having trouble getting on the ball really man of the match and he was all over the place in the first half Broke up a lot of attacks there to mop up. There were, you know, won some great headers. Um, actually had one burst forward where he kind of helped set up a play where he played the ball down the right channel. Um, I just thought he had, a, he had a really solid game. I don't remember him making a mistake. Um, the only other thing I would say is I noticed a couple times, like early in the game, and then maybe in the second half, Josiel and Don kind of dropping deeper and almost letting Eric push up in front. Was that a response to them kind of cutting off Eric's supply line or yeah in a way um not really I guess planned but just kind of way to pull them into a different shape to see what they look like when we do that um always doesn't work because you're pulling guys out of natural spots and then sometimes guys aren't filling in for them so if there's not a rotation within it it makes it tough to build again um but yeah it was just a a moment again of how can we change it and Joe is a guy who can change a game by dropping back and getting the ball so we don't we don't mind it when he does that from time to time because he changes the tempo of the game and you guys have seen it at home and on the road we can score goals from it so I thought uh Carter Manley also had another excellent week creating space on that right wing and getting a couple of balls in maybe the final product wasn't there always but I thought that was a that was a bright spot and uh, a good point of pressure would have been nice to see him get the ball a little bit earlier up you know deeper because he I think is very good taking guys on -on one-on-one and sometimes that's what you need against a team that's that tightly packed is somebody that can you know take a guy on and create a little space on his own and and then throw them out of their shape um, from that sense so they actually uh, made a tactical move in the second half Um, a guy who played center back against us two weeks ago then right back against Toronto Cole Seiler played defensive mid starting the game and then at halftime Harks moves him to left mid strictly to shut down Carter getting yeah they were playing they were I was gonna say they were playing five basically five at the back in the second I mean there were times where he was basically marking him and it looked like almost like a back five him he was playing so deep yeah they were just trying to strictly play Carter out of the game and it made it tough to get down that side and really let him go solo which is a lot of where we have success going forward and I think that also speaks to one of the reasons why this Greenville Triumph team has been so effective I mean I think Harks for all of our joking has made some really wise tactical Mm -hmm. in-game adjustments to help them preserve 
that solidity and that you know they'll pack eight guys behind the ball but they do it very effectively and they mm-hmm. they put the emphasis in the in the right spots so silver um, lining everybody else lost yeah we had the best weekend we've had all year <laughs> Yeah, it was amazing. Was, we didn't play, and we got every result to go our way. Yeah, so still sitting in fourth place. Uh, huge match, again, well, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but huge mm-hmm. match coming up at the weekend. Yeah, and in fact that uh, we are now, it's time to dive into Madison with, with Neil. Neil Havati, uh, assistant coach for Forward Madison, and denizen of many Madison neighborhood bars, as we refer to them here on the pod, after he told us he doesn't like the term dive bar, because they're just neighborhood hangouts. They deserve more. Tavern. They deserve uh, pub. Tavern, tavern. Tavern is a quintessential Wisconsin yeah. word, I think. Um, and so uh, this week, before we get into where you've been pre-gaming, uh, <laughs> what is the the sort of uh, progno- prognosis for this Greenville Triumph team who just got smacked by Richmond 4-1. Or, no, pardon, not Greenville, Tormenta FC team who just got smacked by uh, Richmond 4-1. Yeah, they are giving up nine goals in the last two games, as Dan said earlier. Um, but they're dangerous like every team. They've been kind of on a skid the last, you can probably go seven games. Um, just not doing things they usually do well um but like anyone else they're they're still very dangerous they have a lot of good players going forward they tried some different things the last two matches tactically um starting different players they're another team that's brought in some guys late so they have some new additions that we haven't seen because we haven't seen them in a long time um so we're happy to be at home number one um to take care of business and we got a week to kind of formulate what we want to do against them, knowing that they've tried a few things differently. So we're going to take care of that starting tomorrow. Hopefully they keep doing those same things. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's the wish. Yeah. That's the wish. We'll see. But it's, it's hard to score goals in this league. Yeah. Even though they've given up nine, credit to Richmond for going there and getting a huge result on the road. Thank you to them. Oh, and that fourth goal. Yeah, Joe Gallardo, sick one-on-one goal. Well done to him. Um, if you haven't seen that goal, look it up. It is, I mean, that is about as good as it gets. Yeah, good individual creation, and it's a little different when you're up 3-1, sure, I think. Sure. I think it doesn't make it easier, but they're opened up a little more, makes it easier to score. Um, but yeah, Tor- Tormenta will present their own challenges like every other group that comes into Brees. And like every other group that comes into Brees, they're more up for it than any game they've ever played. Well, and at Brees, it'd be nice to get a get a result again, get back on the, the winning track and and see multiple goals we haven't seen a lot of multi-goal games at home because of you know i think and as well with so many new teams i think for uh staffs putting in an attacking system with a a kind of a brand new uh squad can be pretty tough am i accurate and very accurate continue on with that thought well (laughs) what i'm saying then is that's why we've seen such uh, success from Greenville because they're they know what they do well which is they're going to defend well they're going to defend strongly and they're going to make it hard for teams that have been playing together in some cases maybe four or five months you know bringing Mm -hmm. in new players to break them down yeah no I completely agree with that and we'll we'll have some different things for us to to ponder over in our lineup decisions going into into this one um, based off the fact that we've lost four games one nil at home um we we've addressed that the players know it the fans know it it's it's not good enough on all parts and when we have those nights where we beat north texas where we beat toronto those are those are fun games for everyone for the staff for the players for the flock 
So we want to we want to get back to that, and Tormenta is is prime to hopefully take one of those on on Saturday night. And after our biggest crowd of the year, the flock deserves it. Indeed. So uh, we do right. deserve it. We do. Gosh. You're allowed yeah. to say that you deserve it. We we deserve we a deserve big, it. Easy, nice going away win. How much fun was that North Texas match for us? Oh instance? my gosh, that was amazing. That and, was amazing. And Dan came up with the genius idea of t-shirts, which sold out, right? I, yeah, I guess I did come up with the we messed with Texas idea. That was you. Uh, yeah. Wow, brilliant. There may have been a couple of cocktails involved. My favorite was I actually came up with Up the Goes as well. Had no idea. And like months later, Andrew from The Flock, who was on last week, said, well, you know, you came up with that. And I'm like, no, I didn't. He's like, yeah, you sent it to me in a Facebook message like months ago. And I like went back through the Facebook. At what like, time was this message? No, no, no. <laughs> this was just like we were just chatting and I just said, hashtag up the goes. It just seemed like the thing to say. So, so important uh, note now, we're not actually going to dive into Madison with Neil today. Whoa. Neil Havati, assistant coach, manager at uh, Forward Madison. Manager. I'm, giving you, I'm moving you up. Wow. Moving you up. Can I speak to your manager? Uh <laughs> We're going to dive into Bialystok. Going international. We are. This is deep. This is deep. Uh, there apparently no records exist that you played for Bialystok FC in the Polish first division. Is that correct? So this is like magical realism we're diving into right here. Uh, Wikipedia is there. And I don't know whoever makes that page for me, but it's pretty accurate. Dan, it's, it's is cute. that you? <laughs> who, who, who is it? I'd like to know. If you're a fan <laughs> yeah. of the show, please call in, but we don't yeah. accept calls. Keith just desperately wanted to talk about Bialystok FC, so he just created a whole Neil Wikipedia page with yeah. that club in there. So how did you end up at Bialystok FC? Do you speak Polish? Now let's start off. How did you end up at Bialystok FC? Before we get into what you speak, this is I'm just fascinated by stories like this. Well, so we'll do a little backstory. My, uh, my father is 100% Czech. My mother is 100% Polish. Um, where did I go with that? I don't know. Um, so I was training with the Chicago Fire um, out of contract when I was 21, maybe. Sure, let's go with that number. 22. Um, a player by the name of Tomasz Frankowski was signed him. to the club, Polish legend, um, amazing goal scorer. Chicago was not at the point of signing me, but I was training with them for two, three months, and Tomas was out of favor at the club. One month later, left to go back to Jagalonia, his hometown club. Signs there. A month later, I get an email from Tomas saying, Neil, would you like to come to Poland? One of our central midfielders just got hurt. We need cover in that position. So uh, this is like when I had AOL way back in the day. I think I still had dial-up. I was living at my parents' place um, in Lombard, Illinois. And, hey, mom, dad, this, uh, this guy wants me to go to Poland. <laughs> We've all had that conversation <laughs> yeah. with our parents, I think, after uh, being on AOL. My father yeah. knew who Tomas was, had met him. And my dad's like, all right, when? And then Tomas sends me a ticket two hours later, <laughs> uh, a one-way ticket to Poland <laughs> uh, to go to O'Hare the next day and fly out. So, yeah, I'm going to Poland. Tomas, Direct? Uh, <laughs> I believe I might have stopped somewhere. Don't remember. Okay. Packed two bags, went to Poland. Uh, some guy in a little hatchback red car picks me up from the airport. I don't speak great Polish at this time. Know enough to get by. Hello, how are you? Order some awesome schnitzel somewhere. Go on, get a beer. You know, stuff like that. Important things in life. I like to play in the eight. Yeah. <laughs> Positionally great. Uh, get in. 
drives me like an hour all the way to Yagle, uh, to Bialystok, which for those who don't know is maybe an hour from Belarus, less wow. than. Like it's it's up there. It's it's different. Great little city, but it's close to Belarus, so that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Have my own apartment. Great setup. It's where I'll be temporarily. So the club uh, was like taking care of you. Like oh, well taken sure care of. Didn't have a contract, out. but we're going to Belarus the next day for uh, two preseason games. No contract. No contract. Okay. Um, but I have an agent at this time, and Tomas is looking out for me. Okay. Got some more local fans, guys. We're uh, waving <laughs> to people walking their dog down Monroe Street. So uh, they long, also love Polish football? I believe they do. I think they're trying to come in. Hanno, do we want to let them in? <laughs> okay. No sign. <laughs> Um, so we go to Belarus. I start and play in our first winter preseason game. And coach comes up to me after the game, has a discussion with me and Tomas. Basically, they want to sign me. Say, okay, great. I don't want to play in the next match because I don't want to get hurt. That didn't go over so well. Um, he goes, no, you have to play or we won't sign you. Quickly played in the next match. Um, Smart guy. Yeah. Didn't really understand what the coach was telling me, but Tomas is just like, Neil, you need to play. Like, okay. uh, a couple of days later, we go back to Bialystok. They hand me my contract for that season, an entire next season. Uh, great contract, very happy, great move for me in my career. Um, Tomas warns me. This is where the story begins, gentlemen. <laughs> that was just all the prelude. Tomas warns me after signing, Neil, if you don't get paid on time right away, come to me. Don't go to the club. I said, okay, Tomas, that's a deal. <laughs> so, we, so we start off our... What did your agent think of that? Our agent had warned... My agent had warned me as, as well. Um, they had been actually docked points the previous season okay. from... Wasn't for not paying players. Something may, way worse. Match fixing. I think we referenced that on the last show. Not about your club, but just... Yeah, know. so... But that goes on in pro football, that there's, there's gambling. There's people involved. There's, there's people in the middle making decisions for games, and they're getting paid just like the players are. So I guess it's fair, right? I believe in Italy and Spain, you're actually allowed to have one club give an incentive to another club to win a match. Correct? Am I... Yep. Yeah. That's true? In that is Spain, true. I believe you can pay so, an incentive yeah. to... So relegate, like teams facing relegation will offer another team who's playing one of their direct rivals like if you win this game we'll pay you like we'll 5, compensate 000. them yes wow can't pay them to lose you can pay them to win of course real madrid and barcelona are more known for these payments yes. i believe but. yes thanks for that fun fact yeah yeah beautiful where was i uh, you were told not Getting to go paid. to the club if you don't get yeah. paid. Okay, so yeah, so start the first few games uh, on the bench, come in for four or five minutes to close out games. Um, love in the city, greatest, one of the greatest fan groups in Poland. Um, they're redoing the stadiums. Everything's headed in the right direction. Basically, I just have to make it through a couple months, um, and then I'm going to have a great contract after that. So... Go to a cup game. We're playing uh, Gdansk right on, yeah. right on the ocean. Great little spot. Arrive a day early. Beautiful. Coach comes to me the night before. Neil, you're going to start your first game. Shit in my pants. <laughs> Play in front of the most fans I've ever played in front of. Got a Brazilian who doesn't speak any English or Polish that I'm playing alongside. Perfect. Yeah, great. How's your Portuguese? Nunca, but that's not even... That's not even I don't even know. Yeah. Your Portuguese is so bad, you don't even know how bad your Portuguese is. This is good. And I played in Fort Lauderdale in a locker room with 13 Brazilians, so it didn't improve. I'm sure they're listening to the pod. They're definitely not. 
That's crushing my <laughs> crushing my ego. <laughs> there goes our Portuguese affiliate. Anywho, we'll get to the we'll get to the finances of of this club right now. So owner comes in before the game, goes two thousand euros to every player. You win this match. Don't see the money at this point. Whatever. I get subbed off of a sixty five minutes. Tomas comes on, scores a goal. We win two one, I believe. Go in my locker after the game. Sure enough, brown paper bag, two thousand euros. Yes. <laughs> Not taxed. That's no. This that's, is the this is a nice income, free. and I could shop a lot at the local corner store with that one. It was great. So supposed to get paid two days later. Get paid once a month there. Um, nothing gets wired into my account. I live above a Citibank, so I went down to the bank. They speak English. Is there a problem with my account? They go no, no problem. It had zero dollars. <laughs> but you've got a stack of two thousand euros. So I'm good, right? Uh, I would say that that would be the argument of the owner. So I don't say anything, but I tell Tomas. Tomas goes, Neil, don't worry about it. Do you have enough money? I'm like, yeah, I have 2,000 euros, Tomas. I'm not going to go blow that. Like, what am I going to do? He goes, I don't know if you're going to the discotecas or something. I'm like, no, Tomas. I got my money. No crystal corner in this town. No. Close, but not. Okay. Fast forward a month. Don't get paid again. Go to Tomas. What's the deal? Don't worry, you'll get paid. Go to my agent. Say, what do you want to do? He goes, Neil, you can go to FIFA if you want, or you keep your mouth shut and, and wait another month. I wait another two weeks, and I go to the club. Nothing happens. My agent contacts FIFA. Next day after that, head coach comes to me right at the beginning of the training, says, you're training with the reserves the rest of the time. I have no reason. I have no idea why. day later, I find out. Tomas tells me, Neil, why'd you go to FIFA? <laughs> Because I'm missing thousands of dollars, Tomas. <laughs> does no one else ma- like? Does no one else care? He goes, "No, they're all getting paid on, with cash on the side." I'm like, well, I'm not receiving these payments. Train with the reserves for another month. You didn't get that email at your AOL account. I did not. No, none, none, of those, none of those emails were coming through. No paper trail, <laughs> Dan. No paper trail. Train with the reserves for a month. Um, we actually have a game against the first team. And I'm warming up. I play the first 20 minutes. The head coach of the first team says, get Neil off the field. Didn't even want to play against me. I was playing quite well that game, too. It was a lot of fun. Because I, I thought, had a lot of I angst and energy in I that I thought game. that was going somewhere else. Like, they brought yeah. on the, you know, the butcher of Gdansk to come, <laughs> no. to come find you. <laughs> no, like, po- who's this new central midfielder we have? <laughs> and why six, is he 300 pounds? Why does he look like a Bond villain? <laughs> they had those players, but not in this match. Good for you. Lucky for you, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it saved my career not getting torched up in that game. <laughs> so two more weeks go on. The winner or the, another break is about to come up. And I say, uh, Tomas, I'm done. Tell my agent I'm done. Not doing this if I don't get paid. They buy me my plane ticket home. Give me a check in my hand the day I leave for all my money. Happy ending. I would have loved to stay in <laughs> Poland, though. Yeah. And, and I'll be all. I received my money, but would have much rather continued to pay, play in the Polish extra class. Uh, were you the first American ever in? I don't think so. There were a few maybe dual nationals. Okay. But maybe. Giannis Mahalik, probably. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good shout. Yeah. If but there's yeah. one thing I know, it's random <laughs> 90s Polish American soccer players. I mean, this is, this is, we're talking about soccer and Poland. Keith hasn't stopped smiling for like 15 minutes. Well, and we're going to have to get to our little bit of Polish history. 
Let's oh. do that. That was Ooh. a long story. Well, actually, so but that's I mean I, I mean for someone who's you know just a casual you know not well I don't know casual fan, rabid fan like these stories are amazing like this stuff's going on all over the world and like you guys are kind of you know jetting off to places to try and make a career out of this right. and you kind of never know what you're gonna what you're gonna find I mean we were talking about this the other night I, you know I knew a guy who designed snowboard courses and went for the Russian Olympics to mm-hmm. design this thing and it was the the same thing they were brought into a room and like you're not getting paid until you open a Russian bank account it's like. Well, that seems strange. Can't you just wire it back to my my bank that's all over the world? No, it's got to be a Russian bank. So makes sense. It's how the world turns. This is how it goes. So unfettered you. capitalism. Thank I think you for is that, what it is. Yeah. Thank you for that dive into Bialystok. And uh, what was the name of the local tavern that you frequented in Bialystok? If you weren't going to the discoteca, I did not drink beer in public in, in Bialystok. I was very conscious of all the... They had a lot of fans there, and we had to deal with a taxi company that they knew every face of every player. So whenever I needed a ride anywhere, they picked you up and took you. That's awesome. Cool. Very professional, Neil. Thank you. Um, Props. But if I'd have to have a tavern of the week in Madison... Let's do it. The Blue Moon. Yes. The Blue Moon. Great. Great place. Mm -hmm. Attended it last night, yes, um, with the... With some soccer peers of the University of Wisconsin-Madison mm-hmm. after their victory over UAB. Nice. Good neighborhood bar. Good pitchers. Miller Lights cheap. Yeah. Um, Just down the road from Redden Soccer Complex. This is true. Little bike ride over. McClyman. McClyman Track and Field Complex. There you go. There you go. Redden Soccer Field. Also a cash-only bar, which I, I always respect when places are just still going cash-only. Doesn't look like Neil knows. Doesn't look like he paid. <laughs> Looks like Neil just hopefully, got uh, some, free, some yeah. free drinks last night. So it's Neil's favorite kind of bar. <laughs> yeah, great, great place. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, great neighbor. Frequented by the folks, uh, nurses and doctors that work at the hospital. Always a fun crowd. Did not know that. After work, yeah, get a lot good, of uh, good little happy hour if I remember yeah. correctly as well. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, yeah. great shout. Thank uh, you. So before we get to today in forward. Uh, Madison history. It's That's actually, the name of the club. Yeah, it's actually yesterday in forward Madison history. Did want to point out uh, that Greenville and forward Madison went 222 minutes without a goal. And that leads to this week's Optolee stat of the week. Apparently, Optolee dug up statistics for how quickly folks in Bolton in the 1930s drank their imperial pints of beer. And in 222 minutes, on an average Wednesday night, a denizen of a pub in Bolton would have drank 18.34 beers. The question is, flock end over or under on that? (laughs) Over. Push. (laughs) Dan, personally, I'd take the over. So, Dan, uh, yesterday in Forward Madison history actually involves our guest who could not make it with the uh, Chris Fox, best voice in all of Madison, I think we can agree. Uh, sort of had a, you guys had a game yesterday. Yeah, so Chris, uh, for those of you, I think most of the people listening are going to know who Chris is. Chris organized a uh, friendly match yesterday with the Flock, I'd say about... Oh, maybe about 30, 32 people jumped on the pitch at, at any given time. But, you know, it was about 13 on each team. 
and we had a great game. Um, I'll let uh, Neil can also do a tactical analysis of the match. Um, Chris was in goal. Uh, incredible save in the first half. Tipped one over the bar. I think he maybe had even had a second one in the first half. He kept you guys in the game. If yeah. Chris wasn't there, it was a blowout route. And then in the second half, he made a double save that is would be the envy of any goalkeeper anywhere. Um, it was very hot yesterday, uh, and uh, I don't think everyone was like training for weeks for this match. So as the game kind of, we were at about three three. I think we were about the seventieth minute. The agreement was made. Let's just go straight to penalty kicks. Chris again makes the save on this uh, first penalty kick. And then I think it was just in their heads after that. And so two missed penalties. We triumphed. Um, you know, myself. Yeah, you're uh, allowed to talk about your penalty. It was, it was pretty I good. I slotted home a penalty. I also I played for the one team against Chris. We went up 3-0. Dan, just say it. What was your plus minus? My plus minus in a 3-3 game was plus six. I basically played the entire match. They switched me. And 3-0 on the team that was winning. They moved me over to the other team. We tied it up 3-3 and then won it on penalty kicks. Now, I also want to say the game was we, – we were, we were struggling. I think we got to 3-1. Amazing adjustment from Neil screaming at me. Him and, him and Connor were turbin, turbo turbin were – Tobin, whatever his name is, were screaming turbin? at me constantly from the sidelines to get more involved. I was trying not to throw up because I was so out of shape. We pushed forward on all the goal kicks. And boom, two quick counterattack goals. So got to give credit Thank to you. Thank you for listening. Um, Great adjustment. I had a hard seltzer on the sideline that helped me coach. The coach's box was way bigger than on forward Madison game days, so I could go anywhere, could go on the field. Somehow the referee was wearing aviators. I'm not going to talk <laughs> about that, but I just did. Sorry. And somehow he thought that it was smart to play two 45-minute halves he, <laughs> with stoppage time. He was so this was, he said to me at the beginning of the game, this is the first game I've refed. And I said, well, that'll just be like pretty much every other soccer game I play in. But he really was committed to the rules. Like there was like maybe an accidental pass back at one point. And I said, oh, just I'm yelling at the back play on. He turns around. He says, what, do you not want to play with the play pass back rule? And I was like, well, yeah, but like, can we, can we just keep <laughs> Did, playing? Didn't you explain to him that we haven't yet received our copy of the rule book here? Yeah, he was, he was intense. And he was also calling offsides by himself when he'd be like 20 yards behind the play. But moving on, it was a wonderful afternoon. Most importantly, want to say thanks to Chris for organizing it. Want to wish him a very speedy recovery. Chris so was, what happened to poor Chris? Yeah, so I, you know, I don't want to give you know, HIPAA rules and all that. I don't want to give away too much. You but are his personal <laughs> physician. He was, he was struggling after the match, let's just say. There may have been some, uh, you know, some, some up chucking on Breeze that we'll need to hose off before Saturday night. Um, Chris ended up at the hospital um, on an IV, and some tests revealed that he had done some pretty major damage to his appendix. And as we sit here on Labor Day, Brought to you by America's Labor Unions. Um, Chris is going to be in surgery at some point today to have his appendix removed. So um, we want to wish him a very, very speedy recovery. Hopefully we'll see him out on Saturday night, but maybe not. And um, looking forward to getting him back on the pod because he's just a, a great dude. Loves football. Um, and we really want to talk. He, he spent part of his early life in, in London, and we'd love to talk to him about that. So Chris... Up the goes. We hope you're doing well. And uh, sorry you couldn't make it today, buddy. Be- best best wishes for a speedy recovery. I will be untucking my shirt uh, in your honor since, uh, you know, apparently the tucked in rugby to the khakis was Touching just tribute, Keith. Well done. Not, not happening. Touching. Uh, before we get to the Dan Fallon hamburger update, uh, this week, uh, tar, tar. last week, actually, uh, Forward Madison announced their own podcast, Behind the Feathers. 
And uh, we know the hosts there, Jason and, and Kuba. Shishostanyak, for those of you playing at home. Too much Poland in this episode. And uh, what was determined is that while Madison can support two Forward Madison podcasts, it cannot support two Polish-American podcast hosts. And so uh, Kuba's family, also from Poznań, much like my ancestors, uh, the, we're going to have a, some sort of challenge, a duel. And at the end of the year, uh, the loser will have to give up their, their Polish nationality. And this is, this is serious because Kuba uh, said that the only reason his father likes me is because I'm Polish. So I'm going to be what other reason is there? Yeah, throwing off much of the Shishustaniak household, which is, is upsetting. Uh, but I, I talked to Kuba after the match, and I said, this is going to be completely kayfabe. You know, this is just for show. And then I hear, after the match on Wednesday night, they went to Neil's neighborhood bar. They went to the Crystal Corner, I think, to flaunt. At a direct affront a def- to the Forwards Backwards yeah, podcast. I think so. I and was so, there. So now it's on. Well, we were not. We went with the flock. Kuba, I heard, was acting the fool, uh, marking his territory, said, I am, I am the king of the Polish-American Madison soccer podcasts. So now it's on, Kuba. Which if, you, if you've ever met Kuba, he really, he just goes around doing stuff like that. He He's does. He's a very He's, demonstrative, yeah, a very annoying. Aggressive, yeah. yeah, not at all mild-mannered. That's so, basically how he was out on the town that night. I'll agree yeah. with all statements. Yeah, he, was he mocking me, I think? Specifically when he entered the Wisco, he started yeah. mocking Keith. Yeah. So, Kuba, it's on. Bring it. Uh, but... We do challenge you, after the season is over, we want to have a big pod off where we get the flock end together, uh, behind the feathers, us, producer Hannah, and we're going to record a live podcast. Uh, I believe at the Argus Athletic Club. You heard it here first. Yeah. Downstairs? Where are we doing it? Downstairs? Downstairs. Downstairs, In the catacombs of the Argus Mm -hmm. Athletic Club. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, f- flock fans. This has should... to be below ground for some of the things that are going to happen. You got me excited. Um, We're, uh, I think exciting. one of the reasons we want to have Mike on the pod is to help organize a uh, fashion show mm-hmm. at that pod off. So, and then we're going to work with uh, Liam and Scott and Amanda from the charitable arm of the, of the flock to figure out how we're going to raise money and what, what great cause it's going to go to as well. And just wanted to mention this month's charity for the flock is Days, uh, that is Domestic Abuse Intervention Services of Madison. So when you're out at the matches, be sure to buy a 50-50 raffle, make a donation. Um, the flock, it, it's, it's mind-boggling how much money they've raised this year. Um, and it really speaks to, I think, what you know we're all trying to create here, a community around this club, as much as we're like you know joking around here and everything. It's been really, really fun to watch all the great work and all the great community building that's gone on so so be sure to to check that out when you're at the pregames and postgames and also i was asked to plug the lansing bus trip which is on to the second they are under their second bus uh so if you go to i think it's fwdflock.com so forwardflock.com um they are under the second bus there are rumors that they're going to be close to a hundred traveling fans at the uh october 5th at the lansing game on october 5th that includes people going on the bus that includes people driving on their own that includes a group of people biking Biking. from the ferry uh on the coast of lake michigan um 
who, who, uh, yeah, Chattanooga, are you guys doing that? I do not think so. Uh, Dan, isn't it also your birthday weekend that weekend? It's the following weekend. So but we need a playoff game, But it's Neil. Your, ber- your, your birthday weekend observed, right? Sure. Because sure. you're making that trip. Uh, 50-50. I might be making an earlier trip that maybe we'll get to talk about on the next pod. That that sounds fair. Something involving a, a reunion homecoming for, for Connor Tobin. Is that correct? I can neither confirm nor deny. Good any, answer. Any last words, uh, Neil? I would just like to speak on that Lansing game because having that many people travel down for that match and looking how the table is currently, it's going to be important for them, for us, for the whole league. Um, so... We have 50 people, and that's going to quadruple their fan section already. <laughs> Shots fired. Anything else, Dan, before we uh, bid adieu? Uh, one last thing. Had a wonderfully cooked cheeseburger at Camp Triple Indy at the top of the Graduate Hotel on Saturday, observing the Labor Day weekend, brought to you by America's Labor Unions. It was well-cooked, delicious, and I uh, just want to thank Camp Triple Indy for cooking me a hamburger. I was going to invite you over, but we are uh, going to go up the hill, as we do every week, to the Village Bar, where they have the excellent Brick Burger. Uh, But, so, until next time, we remind you, forwards, not backwards. Upwards, not forwards. Always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom.